Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Quicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Killing it. I'm uh, in sweatpants tonight, which is always nice. You're frequently in sweatpants. Yeah, I think it's because like I get home from work. But I'm in I'm slippers, like, so I guess the, the question is like, yeah, who's yeah. who's doing better? Yeah, that's right. You know, you, you, I can't maintain like my work clothes for recording a podcast. I mean, I guess I could. You often do. Not that often, right? I, I mean, I'm, I don't think I've ever recorded a podcast in a tie. More bow tie ones. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that with with Justin. Yeah. Um. No, I'm doing really well, man. The uh, the the weather has been like reasonable. Been able to do some outside stuff, which has been nice. Truth. Work is like not too crazy. Yeah. No, I'm doing really well. How are you? Good. We, uh, I'll spare you the the full of it because some of this is my other thing for the week. Um, but as I talked about last week, we got a travel trailer and we took it on a maiden voyage this last weekend. Yeah, you did. Which went really, really well. There were some hiccups. None of them were related to the trailer. You know when you when you do a thing for the first time that's like a little bit technically involved. You kind of expect some things to go wrong. Sure. None of that stuff went wrong. I felt really good about everything that I knew. I demonstrated that I did, in fact, know those things, and then I didn't just, like, theoretically understand them. Sure. Uh, it went really well. There were some challenges, right? You know, you put a three-year-old in a new environment and expect them to do well. That's, you know, that's your own fault. Yeah, right. You did that. Uh, that was the challenge, though, was the kids. Even You know, the weather was terrible super rainy and windy which you knew that was going to happen we we knew it we knew it was going to happen uh, but everything went really well so i'm kind of coming off of that like feeling pretty good about myself high uh and yeah just had you know other than that normal weekend day today and in the way of getting stuff done while well, everyone's a wah away a wah yeah everyone's a wah I had a good thing happen today. You got to see me. I got to see you. That's a good thing. And also, I... Got rid of your Christmas tree. Came out of my house to notice the Christmas tree that had been lying on my side yard for the last week and a half was gone. Just mm-hmm. like magic. I don't know who took it. I don't know where it went. It doesn't matter because it's gone. It's Freaking just Christmas tree thieves. Totally gone. The Christmas tree fairy. I'll accept that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, gosh, if only I knew someone who had a pickup truck that... I could beg to take my Christmas tree away. Uh, but who needs that? This yeah. is just the Christmas tree fairy. The guy at the recycling center was like, just the one tree. And I like, so your tree wasn't that big. It was probably like a six foot tree. No, it was nine foot. Nine, what? Mm-hmm. No. It, it was a nine, a nine foot Grand Noble fir. 
Okay, so mine was a 10-foot tree that was three feet taller than yours. <laughs> Ours was almost exactly nine foot, too. We measured it. All right. So I had an approximately 13-foot tree <laughs> that was big as fuck, like just bushy. And I, so I had, I had these two big-ass trees in my truck bed, and the guy's like, just the one tree? And I like looked over my shoulder, and I looked at him, and I was like, Nah, dude, it's two. He goes, yeah. I was like, oh, you were trying to save me $3. Dang it. <laughs> so I had to pay the man $6 to, wow. to take my Christmas trees instead of the $3 that he was offering. It was an integrity move. Yeah, well. All he had to do was make just the one tree, and I would have picked up the hint and right, accepted like his again. offering. Yeah. Looks like one to me. Yeah. I've been like, you're absolutely right. Or you'd have been like, no, are you fucking stupid? There's two trees back there, dumb dumb. No, it just took it was just the one. And I was like, oh. Try again, man. I'm I'm ready to accept your act of <laughs> kindness for three dollars. I wasn't yeah. worried about it. But I was like, oh, I'm the asshole here somehow. <laughs> Clearly that's more than one tree. The whole truck bed is filled with furly like branches. You know, in the past few years, we have had a Boy Scouts troop come and get our trees. You go to the, they've got a website, you sign up, you put an approximate time. I took your tree last year. Um, I yes. know that because you're the one who told me to go to Lane Forest Products. Yeah. With your tree. And I was like, oh, sweet. That's where I'll take my tree. <laughs> Perhaps. Actually, I, I think I remember the day those guys came to the house last year. I think we had the Boy Scouts come and take ours, and then I told you to take yours to Lane Forest Products. No, I took them both because I remember last year it was only $3 to dump both of our trees. So when they doubled the prices to, and I learned it today, I was kind of surprised. Fair enough. In any event, we're talking about watches. We are. We are not talking about wood product recycling today correct we might get there but that's not the focus of our conversation yeah it's unlikely i'd say at, at this at this point based on the trajectory of what i expect to happen today it's unlikely that we'll make it there but you never know i i believe in myself <laughs> i i believe in my tangential conversational abilities xander what are we talking about today you know, you know today we are talking about watches I said that specifically starter watches, the starter watch as it were. And this is a topic we've talked about a lot on the show, but have had two entire episodes dedicated to, uh, if I recall correctly, when I read which ones those are, uh, we talked about them. In episode 104 and in episode 167. And here we are. In and episode... I listened to both of those today, by the way. Oh, I didn't. Um, I listened to them a couple weeks ago when I pitched this episode idea. Um, oh, no, I lost my train of thought. 104, 167. We're on episode, what, 223, maybe? 223. So here we are doing a revisit 
of the idea for a couple of reasons. Number one, this is something that a lot of us come across as like our dream scenario. Somebody comes to us and says, hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. I'm kind of thinking about getting a watch. And then we, in our wiss fashion. In all of our wisdom. Wiss, ooh. Ooh. That gave me goosebumps. <laughs> Spaz out. Mm-hmm. We freak out. We do. We don't have enough capacity to control the hamster that's run right off the wheel. Right? It's gone. It's loose. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is our dream. Mm-hmm. So, in an effort to kind of think about that conversation which is we've, you know, we've been developing now for two years. We want to revisit it. Think about how our own ideas of the starter watch have changed and also address the new landscape because in the last, so that's 40, 50, 60 episodes. So that's a year. In the last year, the landscape has changed. Some, yeah. In the last three years, the landscape has changed. Landscape has changed, but so, really, in the last five years, the starter watch landscape has changed so dramatically; it's almost unrecognizable. It's interesting you say that uh, because I remarked to myself as I was prepping for this episode um, at, at how at how the meat and potatoes of the watches I might recommend at, at different intervals are especially when you talk about the that sub 100 sub 200 levels mm-hmm. there's not a lot of motion there you, you know i i went back and looked and sort of revisited the topic and i thought you know man i'm gonna recommend the same exact watches today at sub 100 sub 200 as i would have five years ago, four years ago, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's, uh, you, you know, I, I think you're right that, that things have changed quite a bit. It was remarkable to me knowing that how little things have also changed, which is uh, maybe a testament to, to how, how you, you know, new we are to this watch world and maybe a testament to the quality of those watches that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. briefly because there's a bunch of watches we're going to talk about today. Um, but it may be a testament to how good those watches are. And, and some yes. watches have fallen off. I would say not a ton of watches, especially at that sub 200 level, not a ton of watches coming in. No, it, yes. Not a lot of watches coming in in the sub $200 world. Those watches have remained largely the same. They still are being made by the same four companies, right? There's a bucket load of watches at sub $200. There's a few gems mm-hmm. in there, diamonds in the rough, as mm-hmm. it were. My commentary is in that three to $600 range. And that is largely because of the small brand, small independent brand channel within the market. The gap 
five years ago between these $200 starter watches and the four to $500 small brand watches was actually pretty small. It was, it was, it was challenging to justify that price jump. The gap has grown pretty significantly. I think that's right. And in that three to $600 range that the small independent brands are doing something really, really interesting that for me makes it an easier pitch for somebody to be like, look, dude, I, I know you say your budget's $200. But hear, but hear me out. I disagree with your assessment of your budget, and here's why. But hear me out. So we'll get there. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the sub $100 starter watch. And, and to recap, you know, we've got, we've got some people who, who we, we've broken down the person who's asking you for watches. Yeah, yeah I, I think more than that. Do you mind if I take just a minute to kind of walk through? I, I think I've developed a bit of a, uh, a process for this. Because I've done this a lot at this point. Let's do it. And I've kind of walked through a process or developed a process. And I think I'd like to walk through it. So um, I've said this before on the show. And and I'll say it again now. This conversation. So so again, this is the hypothetical. Hey, Everett, you're into watches. I've kind of think, I kind of think I want to buy a watch. I want something nice. I want something classic. Uh, something that's going to last. Something special. And, and I'm asking you, my friend who knows about watches. Because I, I want some information that's going to be you know, more valuable to me than what I could find on the internet, you know, quickly. And and I'm actually interested because you don't have to ask for help to buy a watch unless you're actually interested in making a really informed decision. And that's a big step because any, anybody can go on the Google, anybody can go on Reddit, but for them to a know you're a watch person, shocking that they know that about you. Uh, (laughs) But B be willing to to take the risk of engaging you in a watch related conversation mm. shows some real interest yeah so so the first thing the first thing you got to do and, and and i think that this is universally true the first thing you have to do is you have to determine budget mm-hmm. and you have to understand that they're going to say a number and that that may or may not more likely is not completely accurate I, I would argue 100% is not completely accurate. I, I find that there's often some wiggle room and you, you know, you may be able to, you may be able to assess that out just by knowing the person. You may be able to assess that out through subsequent conversations, but just start and say, what's your budget? Whatever they say, you accept that. Just accept that for the time being. So Andrew, what's your budget? $10,000. All the monies. Let's say you said 200 Let's bucks. 200 right? bucks. Okay. <laughs> 200 bucks. So, so in my mind, I think, okay, that's, that's limiting. 200 bucks is limiting. Uh, but let's work within that. There's some things you can do and some cool things you can do. Let's work within that. And, and furthermore, when we start to narrow down on your preferences, we we can expand that in, in ways that will be low pressure, but also let you know what your options are. So step two, and this is critical. I think that this is very critical, but it's not always an easy conversation to have. What kind of movement do you want? Mm. Do you want mechanical? Do you want automatic? Do you know the difference? Probably not. Do you care? Do you want solar? <laughs> do you want plain old quartz? 
you, you know, this is a threshold issue, I think, here. And understanding what it is that they care about and what's important to them can be a little tricky. But just, you know, do you know what a movement is? Do you Are you looking for something that's got, you know, classic mechanical appeal? Are you looking for something that's going to be insanely reliable? You, you know, you, you have the conversation. You ask the right questions. But that's that's really step two. And, and it needs to go in front of, although they're related, this next category. What kind of watch person mm. do you intend to be with this? I actually took this from you, Andrew, from our the last time we explored this issue, episode 167 or whatever it was, 168. Um, there's two types, and really just two types. There is the future wiss. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy who's going to, the guy or gal who's going to get into this. And then there's like, no, 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 no. I, I'm just looking for a watch. I, I, don't just, wa- I just want to make an important purchase. I, I don't, I don't want to play the game. I'm just looking for a watch. Uh, more often than not, that's going to be the case. But to the extent you got a future wiss, be aware of that. Step four, complications. Mm-hmm. I think this is, it's an unnecessarily complicated word for what you're actually going to be doing. Because I think here, you're going to be doing, you're going to be answering two questions. One, do you want a chronograph or do you want a three-hander? This is is binary. Forget everything else you know about watches. Do you want a chronograph or a three-hander? Because anything else is going to be far over the head of of most first-time buyers. And two, do you want a dive bezel or not? All of this assumes we're talking about an analog watch. This person wants an analog watch. And if they're asking you, they do. So so one, do you want a chronograph? Two, do you want a dive bezel? That is going to tell you a lot about this decision. Because in our very first episode that we talked about the starter watch, we identified three types of prospective watch guys. Mm-hmm. The dive watch guy, the dress watch guy, who's not actually a dress watch guy, but a sports watch guy. He is. And the something cool guy. This is the guy that wants something special, unique, idiosyncratic, enigmatic. That's the guy that wants a chronograph. That, that maybe so. That person wants a a chronograph with a rotating bezel. And so it's not until you've gotten all the way here that you can move on to step five. Steps one through four, in that order. And then step five. And this is where you get a play because there's some nuance to this step. This is where we're going to start figuring out other style considerations. How big mm-hmm. a watch do you want? Uh, do you want a, a a stainless watch? Do you like the look of brushed or blasted cases? Do you want DLC? That's right. That's right. This is where we're going to start talking about what, what do you actually like? What kind of markers do you like? Do you want Romans? Do you want, um, you, you know, loomed numerals? Like, w- w- what do we want? This is where you can start to have fun with this process. But you can't get to here until you've identified relatively accurate responses to one through four. So I've laid out five steps mm-hmm. really quick. Budget, movement. What kind of watch person is this going to be? Mm-hmm. And what complications? And then from there... You, by example, start floating ideas. Well, look at this watch. And and you don't necessarily have to do that next step 
within the budget. I wouldn't. You can do that way above the budget. You could do, you know, cinema, Primero, cinema, uh, no, Primero, cinema, uh, um, uh, Santos, send them a Submariner, you know, say, which of these do you most respond to? Uh, you, You know, and start there, right? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You want a Santos. Well, you're fucked. Save up 7,000 bucks. Oh, you want a Submariner? I got watches for you. We got choices. <laughs> I got watches. Oh, I don't you, know. If you want a Santos, I think I could go World Timer. You, you like spend 20 bucks and you've got a, a decent analog. <laughs> <laughs> you really like this IWC Mark watch? Okay. I got options for you. So, yeah. the, you, you know, pilot, we got you. You don't have to do that, but that that's the next reasonable step because once you get there then you get to have fun okay check these out mm-hmm. you know oh you like the look of this watch well what about it so something to consider you can get a very similar watch to that watch that you like for another 80 bucks and it's going to have these added features right this is where you refine those prior answers but that's my process and i think it works relatively well i think it almost always elicits some some surprises Mm -hmm. but if you go through that process you're gonna get to a place where you're talking the same language right because someone says i want to watch what can i get it's like boy how much time do you have how much time do you have uh you go through this process it can be pretty quick and all of a sudden you're presenting that person with really cool options Mm mm-hmm so that's the process. I don't have much more to say. Would you, would you change that at all? I, I like the presentation of three very distinctively different watches. I like I, that's not something I've ever done. I usually ask those questions like, do you want square? You want chronograph? You want dive? You want sports? And I show examples, but like the actual presentation of like a Santos sub an El Primero three really unique but really specific watches any a response to any of those is going to to put you down a very directed path yeah that's you, right you just you almost hope they don't say oh I like the sub well, well, well but if they do that's the easy one right it's easy here's 10,000 options ranging from 50 to ten thousand dollars <laughs> and there's more available and there are more available. Oh. Yeah, that's right. But I think that's it. I mean, we we you you've isolated all of the things that pique your interest on your first proper watch purchase. Like this is how much money I want to spend. These are the things I want out of the watch. And I want to like it. It's hard to say what you're going to like in your first watch. It's hard to say what you're going to like in any watch. Because I think any new watch person is going to be a little bit of a butterfly catcher. That's right. Type yeah. person. That's they're right. just going to see something and they're going to be like, yep, that's the one. Right. I like that. And I think that that is perfectly reasonable, right? Because you don't know what you like. Yeah. You haven't seen, you know, we've seen tens of thousands of watches and on first sight of any watch, we immediately start picking out the things we don't like. Because we're assholes. <laughs> but somebody making their first watch purchase, maybe, ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that. Ooh, I like that part of that. And there's cool opportunities 
in the sub one, sub two, sub three, sub thousand dollar range for somebody who doesn't really know what they're getting into, but is willing to trust you to some recommendations. And we put together some watches here. So yeah, we, we put, put together watches in, in four categories. So there are four categories, I should say. We put together watches in three of those categories for mm-hmm. today's show. And, and and we'll talk about the fourth category as well. But for reasons that will become clear later, we're, we're, we're maybe not going to make some direct recommendations there. Uh, but these watches that we put together are curated... Uh, largely based on watches that we've got experience with, but but also you know that we've talked about that we've um, th- these are players, right? You're not going to be surprised by very many of these watches because these are the watches in these categories. We're we're not gonna we're not being creative here. Mm-mm. We're not we we didn't hunt for things. We we didn't try to to come up with something that's going to shock you. These are the players in these categories. These are like top of mind. Like this is what exists here. And I like these watches to recommend to a starter for a couple of reasons. One, uh, they're tried and true. They're almost always widely available. Uh, they're easy to get. Oftentimes you can get all, you know, I think most of these watches you could have in your hands uh, you know, today's Thursday, you know, come Monday before you go to work, you could have this watch in your You hand. could go to Macy's today and get probably half of these. M- maybe not for these prices, but so... so yeah, yeah, not for these prices. The other reason I like these watches is because when the person hears the recommendation and starts to look at these, if they're at all like me, they're going to Google these things and they're going to find a ton of information. It's going to be readily apparent to these to, to your friend, your whoever it is that's asking you these questions, that this is a legit watch. Like, oh, cool. This is legit. I feel like I'm part of a club in buying mm-hmm. into these watches. These are all culty. They're all w- widely appreciated, and they're all good. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the other thing. You, you know, some of these are, are are a little enigmatic, and we can talk about that. But by and large, these are all good Watches. Yeah, you're not recommending an El Camino, right? That, which has a, a cult following and people love it, but those people love it. Well, I'm not sure that that's, that's I don't think any of these are an El Camino. I, I think that there's at least one of them, and we're going to start there. And we're going to start there because I've put this in a category that I don't think is accurate. Okay. Starting with the best watches under 100 bucks. The person says, look, I want to watch but I don't want to spend more than hundred bucks because I've got an Apple watch and I just want something to wear occasionally. The first watch that we're going to talk about in that category is an El Camino, the Vostok Amphibia or Amphibian. Now this is a, there's a caveat to this because in this is a Toyota Tercel. This is an El Camino. (laughs) In looking at this watch today, I discovered what I think is, evidence that the Vostok Amphibian is no longer a $100 watch. In fact, I believe it would be difficult to get most Vostok Amphibians today what the shit? for under 100 About 105 seems to be where these things are at Looking right at now. One and a quarter. Which is a shift. The last time we talked about this, these watches were 80 bucks. If. AM Diver, you could get it for 120 
on Amazon, you could get just a standard fair amphibian for a hundred for 80. And today we're at a hundred to 125 for just a, for just a basic B Vostok amphibian. That's a shift. And I think it's notable. It's still incredibly affordable, but that's a big change. It, it's incredibly affordable, especially for what you're getting out of the package. Yes. <clears throat> the engineering, the design, the, the cool story behind it. I think, I mean, I think the amphibia is one of the, has one of the coolest stories of any watch on the market. Undoubtedly. And it's still even at, even at $300, this watch is cool. You know, we're just really accustomed to being at a sub $100 Soviet watch. I don't think this is a $300 watch because it's janky. It's ratchet. It's weird. But if without any of my prior experience and expectation of it being a sub $100 watch, I'm really comfortable with it being this much. You know, I wonder something about this watch too. Is it more appealing at a little bit more money? No, I don't think so. You know, AM Diver doesn't even have scuba dudes anymore. I think it may be more appealing at a little bit more money. So in any event, that's the first watch. There's a couple of other players here and and we can, we can blast through these because this isn't the, none of these are going to vibrate the earth even a little bit. I need to get a, one of those black and orange scuba dudes. They're not on AM Diver anymore. The Casio MDV 106. 50 bucks. Fantastic watch. Now comes in colors. The Invicta Pro Driver. Pro Diver. Mm-hmm. What more to say? It's a Seiko movement. It's really well put together. It's a watch that's made to look like another watch, which is womp womp. But other than that, very, very difficult at 75 or 80 bucks that you can get these for. And, and you get them on Amazon deals all the time for 40 bucks. The only real problem is the engraved Invicta That's right. on the non-crown <laughs> side. A couple Timex that I found that I thought, you know, these these fit in this conversation. One of them is uh, the Timex Expedition North. It's in that line. It's a quartz watch. Mm-hmm. It's a brass cased watch. They're calling this the Sierra. I think these come in 36 and 40 millimeters. They look great. I hate brass cased watches, but it's cool and it looks really good. And it's good. And then 89 bucks. And then a MK1 Mark 1, Timex Mark 1 or MK1 chronograph. So there are aluminum Mark 1s, but you can get a steel cased chronograph for like right now i think i saw for like 60 bucks which is a fantastic value it's obviously a quartz chronograph steel case 70 bucks it's 70 on sale from 140 right now 42 millimeter case so this is a cheat but it's the kind of cheat that's fine because it's something like this is always going to be in the conversation yeah and even if this isn't 40 dollars over a hundred dollar budget Percentage wise is significant, but to somebody who says, "Oh, I got a hundred bucks to spend on a watch," let's let's stretch that to one hundred and forty. Check this out, and you this got this really cool. this cool because the MK one's a really cool line. Uh, you can pull it under, I think, uh, under or at a hundred if you stick with the aluminum. Yeah, um, but go with steel. Yeah, go with steel. And one ca- one one more watch that I'm going to shove in here. 
I don't know that this totally mats, meets the criteria that I just referred to, you know, iconic, yada, yada, yada. But the Bertucci, the resin-cased Bertucci field watch or whatever they're calling it, fixed spring bars um, or fixed lugs, uh, you can get these for 60 bucks. And uh, as the owner of a titanium Bertucci, I think that's a fantastic deal. It's cool. It's sexy. It's interesting. And so I'm going to include it for like 65 or 70 bucks or whatever it is. The resin cased Bertucci. 55 right now on the Amazon. Dude, I, I might buy that because that's just a cool watch. That's cool. Easy to wear. Light. Legible. Fantastic watch made by a cool company. These are some. Bertucci does some of my favorite field watches. Yeah. They stay true to form. They've got one watch and about seven dozen variations from size, case material, and that's really it. Seven different kinds of steel, aluminum, titanium, resin. I really like that brand. Best watch is under 200. Best under 200. So, something to note here. When you get to $200, you start to see some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So, at 100 bucks, you're pretty limited. And I think that... You're kind of limited to quartz it, with it, a couple it, adventures into automatics that's right that's right and and even then you've got some caveats right mm-hmm. at 200 bucks we start to get into some serious watches yeah uh this is where citizen eco drives start mm-hmm. is at this sub 200 level we're, i think personally we're still at least a hundred dollars away from you know roughly a hundred dollars away from getting into cool eco drives but we start to get into you know, like your citizen, uh, your citizen AVR or Avion, yeah, Avion, right? That's in there, right? Watches like this, watches that are kind of big, watches that are kind of funky, well designed. Um, we start to get stuff like that. We start to get into some of these Eco Drive dress watches, and I got to tell you, if if you've got the guy who's just looking for a good, practical, high quality watch, it's a great place to direct them. Because mm-hmm. you're also going to find water resistance in that. Yes. You're going to find 50 meters or more of water resistance in almost the entire Eco Drive line, regardless of dollar amount. We're going to get some more Timex here. Mm-hmm. Timex kind of owning the corner right now. That's right. We get water. We start to see Waterberry here mm-hmm. at the sub $200 level. I think the Marlin's coming in at under 200 bucks, right? 180, 190. Yeah, I think you got to go up for Marlin. Q Timex starts here. You know, that's we're getting $179, $199 for our Q Timex stuff. These are easy wrecks. Easy wrecks. Uh I think my favorite category from this list, the Orient Mako and Orient Ray. And Kamasu. Kamasu is a little bit higher. Kamasu is just over that $200 oh, threshold. It? But but you can pull that guy in to, you know, Sapphire, right? Kamasu's got mm-hmm. Sapphire. You may want to look at that. But also, for 150 bucks, you can get a Mako 2. Mm-hmm. Check that out. What a deal. I, and, and seriously, what a deal. If someone's deciding between a Pro Diver and a, and a Mako, all day long, get the Mako. Save, Every, yeah. Save a, couple, save a couple extra bones. Get the Mako. This watch is phenomenal and cool. And cool. It doesn't make sense. Way cooler than a pro diver in my mind 
We're getting the Orient Bambino here. Mm-hmm. Of course, lots and lots of Bambinos classics. The the new 38 uh, or new-ish 38 is just a little bit more. But again, this is where we start to be able to say, okay, look, this is a really cool watch. This 41 millimeter, but this 38, way better. And it's just a little bit outside your budget. It's way better because the 41 or the, yeah, the 41 is just, it's just a little too big because of the design. It yeah. looks big. Yeah, because it's all dial. A 38 is perfect. I've I've oft thought about offloading mine and, and getting the 38. Except that you don't wear the big one and you wouldn't wear the smaller one. No, because I would I, I wear something else in lieu of that. <laughs> Our Seiko 5 sports watches are mostly here. The almost the whole line. The 5KX, the Dress KX, those Sex SR KX. the Sex KX, the SRPG fields, they're all in this sub two hundred dollar range. Mm-hmm. Don't buy from Seiko. No, buy it from Amazon. <laughs> That's right. Joma Shop at Amazon or whoever, right? But you're, you're getting all of these watches are going to be available at that price. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and that means all of that variety, all of those options at under $200. You can still get a Seiko SNK 809 for low 100s on a bracelet. Just over 100 bucks Seiko uh, SNK 809. And and, the, and really that whole, whole line, you have the what, the 804? five the there's cream the, dials there's the 807 save them yeah you're finding these God. at really close to 100 which is you know half again as much as these were just a few years ago but they're 150 bucks on amazon right now it's still a banger of a deal uh and, and don't buy them from amazon you can you can find these for better prices i'm gonna go back to bertucci we start to get into the titanium case Bertucci's here, mm-hmm. which is really cool stuff. If you're if like for for that tech guy, that that person who just wants something a little bit cool, they're an Apple Watch wearer, they want something just a little bit off the beaten path, easy to wear. Bertucci titanium is kind of the shit right now. Yeah, and then Veyer, Veyer. Oh. This is where we get to Veyer, mm-hmm. and Veyer is sort of a, a beast of uh, you know they they march to the beat of their own drum, right? And we get into all of the entry level quartz Veyers here. You even get some USA stuff mm-hmm. and under USA assembled. Uh, no bracelet. That that's right, but you're getting into. The, I think you do get some bracelets at under two hundred bucks. So that starts to become an option that you can start looking at. This is a really cool company. These guys are from California. It's, you know, dope watches. They make some of their watches. They assemble a lot of their watches here. Uh, check these guys out. And it opens up the door to other things as well. That's a mm-hmm. good conversation starter. Hey, just go to this website and tell me what you think of these watches. Because they've got a ton of different designs. I mean, these are mostly field watches, but they really run the gamut of field watch dial designs. And they can say, I like this but I don't like this. Okay, that's informative. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at some other stuff. There may be some other things under $200 that really fit into this conversation, but for my part, I think that's a pretty good start. Those are where I'm going to go. Those are the staples of the sub $200 zone because there's not it's <clears throat> there's not a lack of watches under $200. But if you're trying to make a reasonable recommendation, somebody like hey this is a this is a good watch that you can get for under two hundred dollars we certainly haven't exhausted the list 
Well, and this, I, I, th- I think that this for me is a, a positive limiting factor, right? Because when you go to Amazon, for instance, and search for watches and set your search parameters to like 100 to $200, you get so much garbage. So much shit. I mean, it is really all chaff. And so it, in order to cut through that, you start here and you can make recommendations. And, and then if you need to veer off the beaten path and they're like oh well look i found this uh i found this brita skeleton you're like all right yeah let's let's do it i'm glad you like it (laughs) let's go let's go there let's go there we can do this and and so but but these are these are the places that i want to start with my with my friends that want my advice Mm -hmm. now i'm with you on that let's move to 350 dollars because this is for me I think where we start to get some pretty neat watches. This is where we get some real diamonds in the rough. I think that's right. The one I like, the one in this list, and we've talked about this watch on the show. I don't know that we've ever recommended this watch on the show, but at 300 bucks, I think it's an absolute absolute stunner. And that's the bull of a hack. These are coming in right now. At just about three hundred bucks, like three hundred and five, um, and dang man, this is this is some serious watch right here. This has got history. Yeah. Uh, well, shit. Look, I'm looking at one right now on Joma for two hundred bucks for a Valentine's Day sale. Two seventeen on the Amazon. This is this is a real watch, and it's coming at the lower end of the sub three fifty dollar range. Great size. It's a little thick, so these are I think thirty eight millimeters, um, but they're almost fourteen millimeters thick. Uh, you get some funny Bulova stuff, like I think these have got nineteen millimeter lugs. Of course they do. Um, thanks Bulova. But this is a like historically relevant an homage to a historically relevant style of watch you can start to talk about well this is what these watches were used for this is the hack function you, you know this starts to become interesting in discreet and sort of nuanced ways and it's a beautiful freaking watch you know big domed uh big dome sapphire crystal uh yeah this is a cool watch these are the kinds of things that I like to recommend to people. Like, hey, this is this is not just an attractive watch, right? It's a it's a very simple watch. It's not a flashy watch. This is a special watch, and it's special for a lot of reasons. And when you wear this watch, it's this really interesting historic connection, this really interesting connection to all of these things that make watches what they are. You know, th- this watch is a representation of why the wristwatch has survived as long as it has and will continue to survive throughout. That's right. And it's attractive and it's under 350 bucks. They're not, you know, a strap monster by any means. You're not, you're not going to be able to have a whole collection based off of this watch and a dozen straps. I don't know, man, but you put this on brown leather and you don't ever need to take it off. Yeah, that's right. You, or even shit, brown rubber. Put it on a on a silicone elite. Yeah, and you're done. Yeah, I think that's right. You're done. 
these are the these are the watch recommendations to people that when I, when I make them they're like oh I like that I'm like yeah you should and here's why next up Dan Henry and I'm not gonna pick the, a watch the whole line yeah. I'm gonna pick all of the watch so basically everything in Dan Henry's collection comes in between three hundred and fifty dollars and or between two hundred dollars and three hundred and fifty dollars I'm pretty sure the cheapest one in this collection is the $200-1900 ladies watch. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I haven't looked at DH in a while. And the most expensive is the 1972, mm -hmm. which I'm a former owner of. Um, comes in both a black dial and that silver or black case and the silver case. Mm -hmm. um, really cool watches, man. 350 bucks. the most expensive, the most expensive watch in the Dan Henry collection. Also a really cool watch. And these it, are... It maybe should be the most expensive. And these are all historically relevant pieces. Dan Henry being one of the neatest watch collectors I've ever met. You know, really has a penchant for cataloging his collection and collecting based on the catalog gaps. Um, you know, super knowledgeable about historical watches. This is it. This is it. I mean, this is something special, off taken for granted, um, and and also just amazing. Mostly quartz in this collection. I really like the 1975. His his interpretation of the skin diver is dope. 39, 70, and, and uh, 37 millimeter cases. 280 bucks. 280 bucks, right? With a, yeah, they're great sized. You can get these in automatics. They have, they have a 120 click bezel, which is weird, but. A little know. bit more for the automatics, 450. A VH31 Mecha Quartz. Yeah. 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 Fantastic watches. What? What, what what I'm just I'm I've I've not taken a lot of time to look at these before. <laughs> Next up, and this I think is maybe the coolest watch in this entire uh episode, the Citizen Fugo. The Fugu? Fugu. Fugu. Automatic dive watch. Made by Citizen, perhaps the king of affordable automatic movements, uh, harkens back to. It's just so weird that they don't really capitalize on their automatic movement the way they capitalize on Eco Drive. Like they sell their movements, yeah, but it, they really lean into Eco Drive. It, it seems like they're maybe moving in that direction, but but yeah, there's something about that Eco Drive movement. You know, they it was a hit from the beginning, and they marketed it really well, and they've leaned into it. Uh, but this watch, the Fugu, um, uh, very few compromises in this watch. Bracelet's not great. Nor is it terrible. End links are hollow. But outside of that, you're getting an absolute winner of a watch. A little big. A little big. What you'd expect in a Pro 200 diver. But like... SKX big. We're not talking about we're not talking about a plo prof or something, right? And these are regularly available 
between about $200 and $350, depending on what you're looking at. No, I'm looking at just at watch outs with a Z, which I don't know the reliability of this website. <laughs> uh, $299 for most of the colors. Two eighty nine for the uh, black dial with a black and blue bezel. Four seventy nine for the Godzilla. Yeah, you get a little bit of variation there, right? Uh, it seems like it seems like there's some variation based on the demand for the item. Well, the Godzilla's got a Godzilla on the dial, so it sort of tracks that it would be more expensive. Problem. I just. I. I really do not like their hands or the bezel texture. Hmm. I and, and I like them both. So it goes to show that you you show your friend who's looking for a watch and say, "Is this something you're interested in?" Because if so, it's pretty cool. It's definitely very cool. And this is a this is a watch on the recommend list. So it's not for me. You also get Citizen Promaster Eco Drives here. Yes. This is where our legit Citizen Promaster Eco Drives start to come in. And you basically get the whole catalog here, except for like the bigger or more like hyper sexy stuff. But like your basic Promaster Dive watches, they're all coming in at this sub 350. Mm-hmm. And so you got to have that conversation. That's not for me. I don't think that's for you. Uh, but But that starts to become a real option here. Boulder Venture. Yes. Boulder Venture. Under 350. And we're talking about legit micro brand. Very good construction. Mm-hmm. Interesting watch. That comes into play. And you're also getting something else here, which is Timex Marlin, the fancier uh, Timex Waterbury stuff, mm-hmm. and more of your like Snoopy editions. <laughs> More of your automatic, you know, your Timex M79s. This mm-hmm. is where Timex starts to get pretty cool. And also a little risky, right? Like at, at this at this level, like you really got to be committed to the watch to get a Timex. But you're starting to get the cool Timex. Yeah, you're getting what Timex is, is like really highlighting in their collection right now. That's right. So for a starter watch, that might be hard. The person might say, well, I don't want a Timex. I'm going to spend all this money for a fucking Timex. Like, oh, okay, fair enough. You yeah you are and here's why. But maybe the person is like, "Holy shit, Timex makes really cool watches. I didn't know." Yeah, let's check these out. So you never know. It's it's in the conversation. We're you, we're recommending. You we're can not cultivate the Timex fanboy that we are. That's right. <laughs> that's right. This is the sub three hundred and fifty dollar level, is where we really start to get cool Timexes. Mm-hmm. And Scarfa. Yes. That's the other watch that fits into this conversation. Scurfa Diver One falls in here, and it's it's definitely worth the conversation. Learn, you know, it, someone's going to learn about that watch and be like, "All right, I can see it," or they're going to learn about that watch and be like, "Yeah, that's cool, not for me." But you're having the conversation. Here are your options. Mm-hmm. I think one, I Deep Blue, I think falls under that price point, right? Yeah, the, the SKX rips. Yeah, let's let's talk because there's a couple of companies that we're we're not going to really talk about today, but but they deserve to be in this conversation. Deep Blue, Mark at Long Island Watch, 
Yeah, his whole line, the whole Long Island company, like line of watches. There are other companies, uh, Mercur, M-E-R-K-U-R, which sounds German, but it's actually Chinese. Uh, Mercur comes to mind. There are watches that you can get at this level that we're not going to talk about. And I'm not even going to talk really all that much about why we're not going to talk about those watches, except to say, in the context of this conversation, it doesn't fit. Correct. With, with that said, you can get some pretty cool watches, some really well-made. Let me say that. You can get some really well-made watches for well under the prices we're talking about if you're willing to look at those watches. And if your friend is willing to look at those watches. For me, I'm not going to recommend those. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to recommend them to you to recommend to your friend. And I'm also not going to recommend them to my friend. But it's there. And so you got to know, know your audience, know who you are, know what you're comfortable with and know your audience. Yeah. I put deep blue into that category, Andrew, and you may I, disagree with me. But. No, I put deep blue in that category. Just because, yeah, just because of the type of watch that, that it is. But I think Skirpa is a, is when you said Skirpa, I was like, oh yeah, there's a whole line up here. Like Helsons, even pretty close to that. It, yeah, the, I think most Helsons are over this amount. But that really brings us to, and and I know you're going to want to talk about this, Andrew. That really brings us to the next step. So we, you know, 100, 200, and then we kind of arbitrarily did the next two increments in 150 bucks. Because there's a huge gap. That's right. Right. So 350 is a transitional point in watch buying. You're not going to find most small brands under 350 bucks. And if you are, there's a reason. Over 350, you're getting into like really cool shit. <clears throat> and at where I am, that's where I start my recommendations. People are like, I have a hundred bucks. And you don't want to buy a watch, my friend. It's okay. Or you want to buy this MDV 106 or or buy your amphibian. There's some really cool stuff available to you. And I don't don't just write people off. Like, look, let's take a look at this four to $600 range, which I fully understand is much more than you walked into the conversation. We're we're upwards at three times what you want to spend, but hear me out. Exactly. Hear me out. Because this is where the really cool stuff starts. I think of a brand like Notice or a Foster. Brands that are being really deliberate with their design, really good with their finishing, quality in their movements, that you're not going to find less than that. And then to find competitors not in that price point you're looking at the like seven to eight hundred dollar range this is a really cool price point in the watch world because small brands five years ago painted themselves into a corner so nobody thinks it's okay for them to make money so small brands have to charge next to nothing for their watches (laughs) And it means that we're getting a screaming deal on them. 
Yeah, you, you and I talked about something earlier when we were when we were riffing about this. Um, I think without any exceptions, the watches that we've talked about earlier come with some sort of compromise, and 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 maybe depending on who you're talking to, that may not actually be a compromise, right? Mm-hmm. It, it may not be a compromise to have a solar movement. In fact, that may be exactly what they want. It may not be a compromise to have quartz, right? In which case, they're like, no, I just want a super badass, no frills uh, dive watch. Well, look at the MDV 106, or if you got a little bit more, look at the Scurfa, right? But in, yeah. my, in my mind, in my mind, that is a compromise. If I'm talking about a quartz watch versus a, a automatic watch, that's a compromise based on the way I want to enjoy watches. And so at this sub 350 level, all these watches we've talked about have compromises. The Fugu has hollow end links and a mediocre bracelet. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, the Bull of a Hack has weird a, dimensions, weird dimensions. And, and, and I, I noted just now it's too thick and it has, and I, and I guess it does have a mineral crystal, right? These watches come with compromises. Mm-hmm. All that to say, you get to a notice sector dive, and all of a sudden, there's no compromise. No, because they can't afford to have misses. There are no compromises. You're getting a fantastic bracelet. You're getting really good finishing. You're getting automatic movement, a very good automatic movement. You're getting all of the things. Trasca, mm-hmm. Laurier, right? All of these watches are coming sans sacrifice. And so now we're just talking about design. We're just talking about watch design. And that yeah, is really yeah. liberating. Yeah, because you're getting all the things. You're getting the water resistance. You're getting the finishing. You're getting the design. You're not getting the legacy and history that you're going to be getting of a bull of a hack. But does the legacy and history matter to a person who's buying their first watch? And if they do, you know what else we're getting here? Mm-hmm. Entry-level Seiko divers. Yeah. We're getting many, to, many uh, turtles. We're getting king turtles. You know, mm-hmm. 500 is tough. For, for a king turtle, but you're starting to get into real legit. The sumo, I think, is right in that zone. Yeah, I think the the last sumo came out was like 800 bucks, which was is it? crazy. But um, yeah, you, you can start to look at these things, right? And, and now all of a sudden, you're in just a totally different world. And so w- when I said earlier, we're probably not going to talk about a lot of watches in this category. The, the point is not that there are no watches. The point is... There are unlimited watches. This is where you start to get watches. This is this is it. This is where the conversation really begins. And it's not to say that there isn't quality and really cool shit under this price point, but this price point, this about $500 zone, is where the coolest stuff is happening. It is the most bang-for-your-buck zone in watches because small brands can't afford to miss. And people insist that they will only pay $500 for a small brand's watch. Which gives me some, you know, some conflicting feelings. Because I really like only paying $500. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I also recognize that I should be paying a lot more. 
And a little, it a little bit bugs me that well, brands can't charge more without being ostracized. Markets are what they are, and and, and everything sort of levels out at some point. So, in, in any event, I don't even own a watch brand. It gives me heartburn about it. <laughs> you had suggested earlier that this is where you start. I think so. this is this is where I go, and and part of it's because of the people who I know who are asking me about watches. I know generally how much money they make. Like I've been to their house. Like I know you can afford five hundred dollars for a watch. I've seen the things on your shelf in the garage. Yeah, like I know what you have. I know how much disposable income you have. You have. You have more than $200 for a you watch. You have a worm drive skill saw that you've used four times. Exactly. Dewalt circular saw. Yeah. And you, you can afford a. You bought it because watch. you felt like you might need it. It's still in the. <laughs> it's, it's still in cellophane. <laughs> All right. So that's where my conversation starts. I'm like, look, I know that that's how much money you want to spend. And I totally get it. If you do want to spend that much money, there's some options here. But if we're being real, and a lot of it comes down to who you're talking to, right? Because sometimes you talk to people and they're like, I want to watch. And you're like, hmm, you're a 5,600 guy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you just treat things like shit and you need something to survive. Yeah, we didn't talk about quartz watch or we didn't talk about digital watches today here. Uh, and, and there's good reason for mm. that. But l- lest, l- lest you forget, yeah, the right answer is always... The G-Shock 5610. Okay? Always. Always. I have multiple 5600s. That's always the answer. Okay? 5600, 5610. So no matter what else you talk about, remember that. Yeah. So you, you knowing your audience, right? You know the person who's talking. Because strangers don't come up to you and ask. Unless you're at wind-up, whenever it walks up to a stranger who's just walking across the venue. And it's like, ooh, what are you wearing? The guy's like, oh, that's weird. It's a watch. <laughs> and like ever that guy's not here for wind up he's just walking down the street <laughs> that did happen yeah that did uh, happen but you know your audience and there's things to talk about the 500 zone you know plus or minus gets me the most excited and that's the the area that i really push for the most because that's where i think the most value is in what you're getting out of your purchase it's where the least compromises are made and it's where the coolest shit is happening yeah. It's where the coolest design is happening. It's where the most nimble design is happening. The most creativity, you know, we don't see blue as this year's hot thing. There might be blue there, but we're seeing brands come out with three, four, five new designs a year instead of blue. Though the blue was pretty okay. That's where the shit's happening. Five hundred to a thousand dollars is is really it. So remember, here's what you need to know. Step one, what's your budget? Yeah, what's your budget? Step two, it's five hundred dollars. It's five hundred dollars. Your budget is five hundred dollars. Step two, what kind of movement? Step three, what kind of watch person is this going to be? Step four, complications. And again, don't make this too complicated. Complications shouldn't be complicated. Mm-mm. Do you want a chronograph? Don't introduce moon phases. Do you a- want to? Do you want a dive bezel? Yeah. And then from there, you could move on to step five. 
but start with those four things mm-hmm. and then move on to step five, which is, okay, now, now let's refine. And know your audience because uh, one of my wife's friends asked me once, she's like, hey, I know you know watches. I'm thinking about watches. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, I want something that's not really like flashy, something that's like, I don't know, kind of small. It tells the time. And I recommended some like 34 to 36 millimeter field watches. I sent her some Bertucci does like a ladies 34, 35 ish millimeter. Well, like this H case is really cool. You can put it on you know, nylon strap. You're a parent. I fully understand how the shit that gets on your things. It's like, no, I want something cute. <laughs> I was like, I, I maybe am the wrong person to be talking to. Cause I don't fully understand what you're saying she ended up getting like a, a 46 millimeter michael kors yeah chronograph right. um and i was like <laughs> so i'll just go fuck myself then like why did you even ask me that's you, what you wanted anyway you just wanted me to like sign off on that purchase and i'm not gonna do that yeah you, you know i had to, i had an opposite situation happen this last year i had someone who's who's an apple watch wearer said hey i'm looking to get a watch and I thought I'd ask you, and we started talking about watches. We went through this stuff, and I think the original budget was like, you know, f- five hundred to seven hundred and fifty. Oh, that's my jam. Let's and talk. They wound up with a Grand Seiko SBGR zero six one, which is like a forty five hundred dollar watch. Yeah, they and do. they wear it all the time, and they love it. Hell yeah! So you know, knowing your audience, you know, working through the things is always important, and and, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to make decisions okay don't be afraid to make decisions stand by your words stand by be confident in the recommendations you're making and cut people out of your life if they don't agree with you well i'll tell you somebody (laughs) asked me about two years ago about khakis maybe not even that long ago said everett i need a pair of khakis what should i be looking at and i sent them to bills Mm -hmm. bills is a manufacturer of khakis and they came back to me and they were like, holy shit, I'm not going to spend 150 bucks on a pair of khakis. Why are you making this recommendation? I was like, look, if you want Banana Republic pricing, go to Banana Republic or J. Crew, right? Mm-hmm. Like you came to me. Or J. Crew Outlet and then pay a little less and get like something like one leg shorter than the other. You came to me because you wanted a recommendation. And this is the recommendation I'm making. If you, if you want... J Crew outlet, go to like Frugal Fashion on Reddit or whatever, right? Like, I, I know this stuff. I can and only this do is so a recommendation much. Yeah, I'm making. Can, yeah. Like, you don't come to me and ask me about thirty five dollar Amazon special khakis. You come to me because you wanted to know what the deal is. That's the deal. Yeah. Don't be afraid to don't be afraid to tell people. Like, look, if you want something good, this is what this is what it requires. There are other things that you could do that are going to be fine and great and good. But for me, this is where you're at. And you don't have to be rude about that either. But you're a rude person. I am a rude person. So, so it just comes out naturally. Yeah. We did it once again. The starter watch. We've covered some things. Eke out some more budget. Get them talking (laughs) about Foster. Get them talking about Notice. Gavox. Yeah, you know, push the push the envelope. Get them to Raven, Trasca, Trasca. Gosh, Trasca. Yeah, yeah. I I wear my commuter 
so much. Laurier. Yeah. There and, and and for the so I've had my commuter tool watch company most of a year. I think I've had them a full year now. It has yet to have any scarring. And you've and you've put that watch through its paces. You you wear that watch. I don't I don't treat it like I did my Alpinist, right? Where I was like hammering and stuff. I think I probably fucked up the movement with the Alpinist. Like like wearing it like I would wear a G Shock. Um, but I put it through its paces and it is pristine. Andrew. Other things. What do you got? Mm. So this weekend we took our camper. My other thing is is camper camping. Trailer camping. My other things is camper. I love laughing. In 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 a in a grand sense of things, right? I I've been a tent camping person my entire life. I've spent at this point, honestly, years of my life living in a tent. This was my first experience in a camper trailer. So we we got a Coleman 17B. It's a 21 and a half foot travel trailer. It has a sink, microwave, two burner stove, right? <laughs> a little shower, a toilet. You're glamping. It, no, it's not glamping. Right. I've seen them glamping trailers. This is this is roughing it by glamping standards. Uh, shit, we went and looked at a 32-foot trailer, and I was like, I can't live in this bitch. <laughs> like, I'm good with this. Um, it has no frills in the way of campers. Right. All and, you need is a trip to TJ Maxx Home Goods, brother. No, no, no. I mean... Pure One Imports. <clears throat> get get some, some of those curtains with the little brass curtain holder no, thingies. You're, we're, we're now talking, you're glamping. We're talking frills. We're Light talking like some shit. This has none of that. It's super basic. It is basically the least amount of money you can pay for a travel trailer because we wanted to do that in the event that it just didn't work, right? We were we were taking a taking a big dollar risk, preparing for the worst. Yeah, and if it didn't work, okay, we sell it, we eat a little bit of a loss, and it's like, oh, that was a fun three thousand dollar weekend. It was awesome. I'm a full convert to camper camping i still very much i'm gonna like tent camping i'm gonna continue to tent camp but the convenient so for those of you who camp think about how dirty everything in your tent gets that does not happen in your camper for the sole reason of that you're not on the ground anymore you walk in you take your shoes off on the floor mat and suddenly everything is clean. You sweep. You can sweep. <laughs> you can like feasibly sweep. You can sweep out a tent with a with a blower. Just if you have like kind of been in that zone of like, I think this might be worth it. They are super affordable. We got a really reasonable rate against current rates loan. We pushed it out for like 15 years. So it will get expensive should we decide to, you know, run the life of a loan. It's 150 bucks a month is our payment for this thing. 
it is awesome. There's campsites everywhere. They all have full hookups. Uh, we One thing we, we realized immediately, because of the size of our trailer, we do need full hookups. There's not going to be many prolonged trips without, at the very least, a sewage hookup. Because over three days, we did fill the gray and black tanks. Yeah. But everything... So I did a lot of research and learning and YouTube watching and, and reading and preparation for this because I don't like going into things unprepared. I showed up. We parked it. I, I told Sam, I was like, manage these fucking animals. I'm going to get a setup. Ten minutes later, I was standing at the door of the trailer and I was like, we're good to go. Everything's hooked up. Everything's working. Why hasn't anything gone wrong? Because it's simple. It was awesome. I'm a full convert. I I am a trailer camping person now. Like we're we're planning monthly trips to different places to go sleep in our camper. It was awesome. I love it. If you're considering it, consider it more. We are loving it. Um, it takes up a whole lot of space in our driveway. Covers are expensive. That was the most shocking part. The cover for it, 400 bucks. Damn. Yeah, I was like, I paid 40 bucks for cover for the boat. Why is this 400? <laughs> um, but everything else, it's like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. This It was way easier than I expected it to be. And because it's not a bells and whistles, super frilly, all the cool shit. I'm really comfortable that if anything fails or breaks, I can fix it. Even though, because it's brand new, has bumper to bumper warranty. So it's awesome. Trailer. I'll, I'll link to, I don't know, an RV magazine or something. But <laughs> this is this is money. It. I'm very pleased with our acquisition. I've got a I've got a podcast. Do me. We, yeah, it's right here. We're, we're actively recording it. I've got another thing, which is a podcast. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. I've got a podcast for my other thing today. This is a podcast by a company called Chameleon. Uh, I've talked about, I think, one other Chameleon um, podcast here. I think I talked about the High Rollers, perhaps. Um or perhaps I talked about Wild Boys, one of the two. But Chameleon makes these great, they're kind of like true crime, but it's not true crime the way you'd think about it. It's more like interesting people, interesting subjects, interesting sort of crime. Anyway, all of these have been crime-based. But um, this is a podcast that came out a few, started a few weeks ago. It is eight episodes. Okay. Limited series or just eight episodes thus far? Uh, limited series. Okay. There are three episodes so far. Um they they have just published episode three, and I think they're publishing on Sundays. I subscribe to The Binge, which gives me access to the entire season once it drops. So I am almost done with this. So this podcast High is... High roller for real. Yeah. This podcast is called Dr. Dante. Dr. Dante is a human being that I now know a lot about who I am amazed that I did not know about previously. Uh, this man is named Ronald Peller, nay Ronald Dante, nay Dr. Dante, Dr. 
not being a designation of any sort of education credentials, but rather a uh, a, a name change uh, for the sake of credibility. Man, like Dr. Oz. That's right. Man starts off as a stage hypnotist. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Master of deception. Is instantly sort of sucked into this Hollywood scene based on his charisma and charm. Um, marries a starlet briefly. I don't want to get too much into the details, but every time you think, okay, where, where are they? We've got so many more episodes. Where do we go from here? They unpack a new chapter of this man's life, and it is fantastic. So I've just started the final episode, or I'm about. Is is he? Is this a murder thing? No. So it's just like a Ponzi scheme kind of thing, this, or is it just like a master deceptionist thing? Listen to the podcast. God, I don't have the binge. Okay. Listen to the podcast. It's phenomenal. I'm not going to spoil anything for our, for our dear viewers, listeners. They don't view, they listen. I'm not going to spoil anything for these folks. But this man is an absolute legend and an absolute scumbag. And so he's, this is a Tiger King podcast edition. It, it, maybe Maybe some similarities here. I'm here for it. It's been phenomenal. I have been riveted the entire way through, even though at multiple different junctures along the way, I've thought, how are they going to keep us going? They've told us too much of the story. And then you realize about five minutes later that, oh, no. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. This, so this is Tiger King podcast edition. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. I'm here for it. Subscribe to The Binge if you want to listen to it all right now. I can't remember how much it is. It's not a ton of money. And there's a ton of great podcasts that you can get. It was like five bucks a month when you when you got it. You got it to access something. And then you yeah. were like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I like all these things. You, you don't need it. Most of the things on there now are all available. But it was nice to listen to the first episode of this, realize it was on The Binge, and realize that I have them all. So, Dr. Dante... Available anywhere you get your podcast, but if you subscribe to The Binge, you can get it now. Episode three came out on Sunday. I think the episode four will come out next Sunday. I'll be waiting a couple of weeks. Yeah, just hashtag let, binge it. Just let it play. Just let it run its course. Yeah. And with that, Andrew, I think we've done it. As always, we have made it and the record button was pushed. So this is in the can, <laughs> as it were. Andrew, I've got a surprise for our view, for our guests at home, and, and it's going to come as a surprise to you as well. Ooh. Are we doing a discount on OnlyFans this month? We've got an actual podcast sponsor for this week's episode. What? We've got an actual podcast sponsor. So this week's episode of the 40 and 20 podcast is brought to you by Casper and Son Watch Repair. From your grandfather's pocket watch to your own modern sports watch, Casper and Son offers service and repairs at affordable prices. Visit casperandson.com or at Casper Watch Repair on Instagram to give your favorite watch second life. Casper and Son is owned by a good friend of ours. Best friend. Evan Casper, oh. who has been a guest on this show. And used to write, and he, you know, and has love Evan. written for our 
website and now is editing the Tempest Fujit website. Evan's a fantastic dude, super talented, and I would in a second send my watch to him for repairs. So in- my my alpinist is going to go to him. I've just been waiting to pull the trigger on spending more money on a watch that I've already bought to make it run again. If you've got a watch, needs repair, check out casperandson.com. Links to this will be in the show notes. Our very first sponsor, Evan, thank you so much. Go check out casperandson.com. And thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Uh, Hey, why don't you check us out on our website, watchclicker.com. We post every single episode of this podcast there, as well as reviews, articles, multiple, multiple items every single week. Watchclicker.com, it is probably objectively the best watch website in the whole entire world. Objectively, yeah. You can also check us out on Instagram at watchclicker and at 40 and 20 underscore watchclicker. We'll tell that story next week. (laughs) And if you want to support us, and oh boy, we hope you do because podcasts cost money, websites cost money, hosting photographs, oh my God, costs a lot of money. Hosting good photographs. Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. You can give a dollar a month. You can give $5 a month. Whatever you think it's worth to you to listen to this podcast every single week for for for, for no 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 additional admission. Whatever you think that's worth. Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. And don't forget to check us out next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.